Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. I feel like this might just be one of the most important book reviews that you ever listened to, uh, but obviously I'm biased because this is one of my favourite books that I've just reread. And of course, you can tell by the title that it is called The Happiness Trap and it's based on ACT Therapy, which I'll get into in just one moment. But obviously on the subject of therapy, I think everyone should go. I think if you have sort of adopted or say that you've adopted a growth mindset in terms of wanting to grow as a person, grow in your relationships, grow emotionally, grow in self-awareness, then therapy is a really, really good way of fast-tracking that so you're not sort of stumbling along blindly looking for the answers when someone could just ask you the right questions that makes you answer those questions yourself which may not make too much sense but essentially what a therapist will do is ask you questions that points you in the right direction and if you want to go to therapy and it's something that you've been considering or even if it's not something you've been considering I suggest you do then you get 10% off as a need to read listener at BetterHelp. BetterHelp provide an online therapy service to over 1.7 million people around the world now. And that obviously keeps growing and growing, including quite a lot of a need to read listeners, if I'm being completely honest. So if you think the time is now to take charge of your mental health, your emotional well-being, all of the good stuff that can sometimes get in the way of us living a healthy and fulfilling life, then therapy will be the place to go head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read and you'll get 10 percent off of your first month and from there the ball will be rolling and your life will get better trust me and fair enough if your back goes up then because usually when someone tells you to trust them you shouldn't but i've had so much good feedback i'm willing to put it out there to say trust me this will enhance your life but Let's get into the episode. Now, The Happiness Trap by Russ Harris, you've probably heard me speak about before briefly or see me speak about it on Instagram, which, look, if you're not following, it's at a need to read with the number two and not the word. So get on there. And you can see me basically just do Instagram stories and post about books, obviously. The Happiness Trap is a book that I started reading when I was not in a good place and for me reading really helped me get out of a bad way and the happiness trap has given me tools that I use to this day for my mental health whether that's anxiety or negative thoughts or depressive thoughts I use these techniques on a regular basis and it really really helps because obviously here's the thing you can't escape your mind right there's some sort of illusion of control as human beings that we are able to control what comes up in our brains. Um, we can't, and that is a bit shit, but it's one of those truths that you have to accept about life, is that your brain's just going to keep throwing stuff at you all day. The best thing that you can do is learn not how to control it and struggle with it, because you're not going to be able to wrestle your thoughts, you can't control them, but it's just to learn to accept them. And that is where acceptance and commitment therapy comes in, which is ACT. ACT actually stands for accepting your feelings and thoughts, connecting with your values, and then taking effective action. And this is the therapy that I actually first went to when I started going to therapy back in like, it must have been like July 2019 is when I first kind of admitted to myself that I needed to go and speak to someone um, and that, crying in the office every other week probably wasn't 
a good thing to be doing. Not that we should judge our thoughts or actions as good or bad, because it just doesn't work like that, but it's not helpful. And I think the key word is helpful. You've got to think about things that are helpful for your life. Obviously, I'm going to say that reading is a helpful thing to do and therapy is a helpful thing to do. You've essentially just got to think of things to do with your mental health, whether that is trying to sustain good mental health or trying to right the wrongs of poor mental health. Things that are helpful, by and large, are going to be the most useful things to do. And reading books like The Happiness Trap tends to be pretty helpful. And it's not just for you either. And I say this all the time. You're not just reading for you. You're not just learning for you. You're learning for the people around you, for the people that you care about. So that should your best mate start suffering with anxiety, if you've read The Happiness Trap, you've got tools then to help them. You can say, oh, have you tried this technique? They might think you're a bit daft. You'll see what kind of techniques I'm talking about in a moment. But at least you're armed with the knowledge to be able to help them because that's important it's not just about helping ourselves it is about helping the people around us and i've referred to these techniques countless times and people have been like what i'm not doing that that's weird and then done it and then weirdly it's been helpful strange thing strange thing but let's just talk about obviously mental health is everyone's got it not everyone suffers with it, but everyone has it. You have to maintain a certain level of mental health. And our brains have been developing for hundreds of thousands of years, like evolution. Unless, of course, you're like a Christian and you think that um, someone just snapped their fingers and Adam and Eve just turned up. But to refer to Cockney rhyming slang, I don't Adam and Eve it. That was terrible. Maybe I should take that out. Probably won't. But let's go back to evolution. Over hundreds of thousands of years of evolution, our brains have been wired to keep us safe and to make sure that we don't mistake a boulder for a bear or we make good decisions so that we can stay alive. And that kind of fills us with this anxiety and comparison. Like we want to fit into the group, which is where the comparison comes in because obviously back in the day, if you didn't fit in with the crowd and you didn't fit in with the tribe, you could be outcast. And obviously, if you're outcast and that's dangerous for you, you might get to a point where your tribe just don't want to hang out with you anymore. And I'm sure they didn't use those words back then, but that's you having to fend for yourself. You have to go and do the hunting and the gathering yourself and you're not able to spread your seed as a caveman. So the long and short of it is you're pretty fucked. And that's what our brains are trained to do for us is to keep us safe. And that's why anxiety comes up so much because it was initially serving a purpose for survival. Whereas nowadays, I mean, things are pretty comfortable. I haven't had to worry about being attacked by an animal for a long time. Um, in fact, maybe ever. And that that's a privilege, guys. You know, we're not in the old days anymore so why is our anxiety still there it's not really serving us that well so let's just now you understand where it comes from right you know that this anxiety it used to serve a purpose it doesn't necessarily serve a purpose anymore and fitting into the tribe is an overrated thing 
And look, if you get outcast from a tribe nowadays, you can just move along to another city. No one's going to know you. You can just join a new one. Easy as that. I mean, it's probably not that easy, but it's a lot more easier than what it was hundreds of thousands of years ago. Now, I'm going to go back to the illusion of control that we were talking about earlier. Like, you obviously can't control your thoughts. And I've been open about intrusive thoughts and stuff before on the podcast about, like, driving along a road and wanting to just veer off it. And it's not that I wanted to actually veer off the road and kill myself. It's because it was just a thought that showed up. And the problem with thoughts is that we judge them to be facts. And they're not. They're simply just things that appear in our brains that are super, super complicated balls of stuff in our skull that just don't want us to have a good time, I don't think. I think there's a natural version of our brains just to throw things up that are, are meant to stump us. So, like, if I was to say to you, don't think about Boris Johnson and Donald Trump kissing. Don't think about it. Like, it's pretty gross. You're definitely thinking about it now, even though I've told you not to. Because you can't really control it. And even if I say stop thinking about Boris Johnson and Donald Trump kissing, and definitely don't think about Donald Trump, he uh, he's starting to take his top off, and you're thinking about it, don't turn off the podcast, I'll stop that now. But look, you can't control your thoughts, essentially. So when it comes to thoughts about yourself i'm going to teach you some te techniques now look i'm not a therapist i've just read it in a book and i'm just pretty much spitting it out as it is in the book because i want to do something helpful for the world i would always suggest reading this book and i'll tell everyone to read this book but i'm just going to teach you a few things that i learned in it that are essentially helpful there's that word again we're always looking for things that are helpful when you have a negative thought you don't have to attach to it so I use the example of, right, I'm a piece of shit. Maybe I don't actually think I'm a piece of shit, but there's times in my life where I definitely have. you just got to think about the language that you use. So if I was to say, I think I'm a piece of shit, that is not good. But if I was to say, oh, I'm just having the thought that I'm a piece of shit, it kind of takes the power away from it. It's just a thing that pops up and it's going to go away in a moment, but it's just popped up and it's perfectly natural. I never, I think if you don't think you're a piece of shit every now and then, maybe you're a liar. Who knows? But changing the language to say, I'm having the thought that, insert negative thought that you have about yourself, it just takes away its power. And I know I've just said that, but that is simply what it does. Let's talk about stories. Now, I did a post about this the other day. Now, our brains, sometimes it's just a flash thought that pops up, and sometimes it's a real story. It's an elaborate story with a great beginning, middle, and end, and we've imagined it, and it means that our lives aren't going to go that well um, if our lives go the way that the story goes. And essentially, your brain just makes up this story. So... Let's say for me, I used to have this story that I was lost in the world, that I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. I didn't have purpose. I didn't have anything that was forcing me to go in a particular direction. And that was a story. And I sat down with my therapist one time. She's like, right, well, let's give that story a name. So I had to name the story and it was lost in the world. And for me, I set a reminder on my phone to come up every three, four days that just said lost in the world. 
so that whenever I was having those thoughts, I'd probably have a reminder within two or three hours saying that, right, lost in the world. Okay, I'll name the story. That'll be easier. And once again, like saying I'm having the thought that, it takes the power out of it because obviously it's not a fact. It is just a thought and it's just a story that you've made up and you can change the narrative as and when you please. Of course, it's difficult to change the narrative and change the way that that story goes, but you do have the power to do that in your head. So let's say, for example, you are in a relationship and your partner doesn't do something that you want them to do and you're like, right, well, they don't love me. So you just name the story and you can be as harsh as you want in the name of the story. It can be like the I'm unlovable story. And I think a lot of people actually have this story and it's obviously it's not true. Most people in the world have people that love them even if they don't recognise that. So just naming the story reminds you that your brain has made it up and that it's not factual and that you don't have to buy into it. And that's a really powerful way of doing things. Now, this is one of my favourites, and they call it musical thoughts. So let's take the I'm a piece of shit thought and just put it to put it to music, like happy birthday. That's the example he uses in the book. It's like, I'm a real piece of shit. 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 That has completely diffused the thought. Even like whatever your thought is, no matter how dark and how deep it is, if you put it to the tune of happy birthday, it's not so scary anymore. And when your thoughts aren't scary, your life is good. That's my hypothesis. I'm not too sure if it's correct, but I'm pretty sure it is. Now, all of this allows you to develop a kind of sense of like psychological flexibility and that essentially means that you can adapt to a situation with openness and like an ability to connect then to your values, going back to the actual concept of ACT and then take effective action. That's what psychological flexibility is. Being open to whatever comes up, not trying to struggle with your thoughts. So if you have the thought that you're a piece of shit, you're not trying to wrestle it because it'll be as useful as trying to like a wrestle an alligator with your legs tied together. Probably wouldn't go too well. Because I'm pretty sure alligators will kill you. But I mean, I've never wrestled one. So I'm not speaking from experience. But you get the picture, right? Psychological flexibility is important. There's a couple of bits here where I'm like, oh my God, am I going to have to edit it? But obviously, I'm not going to. Because it's, uh, it's about transparency here. Psychological flexibility and transparency. I'm keeping it all in. I'm just spitting some bars on the microphone. So you understand the concept of psychological flexibility. You don't have to get up in the morning and do loads of stretches, but it does take work. It does take practice. And when you read through The Happiness Trap, if you take my advice and you read it, you'll notice that there's a lot of actionable advice and he tells you to stop every now and then. Stop, don't read for three or four days. Go back and practice everything that you've learned. And it's like anything in life, like it does take work. And it's not a good truth. It's not it's not a sexy thing that like, oh, I've read this book and I've had to put in loads of work and now all of a sudden I'm a more comfortable with myself and I'm a better person. You can't make that sexy because you have to put in the work. But that's life, isn't it? Not to sound like one of them dickhead people who uh, tell you how to live your life, but you do kind of have to work hard at something um, if you want to get better at it. And I guess being able to diffuse your negative thoughts and your anxious thoughts is something worth trying to get better at.
but let's go for other sort of techniques with negative thoughts and I'll go into anxiety and, and a couple of other things from the book after that and then I'm going to go into some goal setting because that's quite a quite a good bit so thanking your mind when your mind comes up with a thought let's say for example my mind's come up with a thought like oh who are you to talk about this book you're not a psychotherapist you're not a psychologist that's no good you're not going to do a good episode on this i go yeah cheers mind so it's the concept of thanking your mind and that kind of separates yourself like the observing self from the thinking self and if you meditate you'll have um you'll have sort of grasped the concept of this or, or be trying to actively grasp the concept of this the in your brain or within your consciousness if you want to get spiritual about it there is someone that sits there and watches everything that goes on and we call that the observing self and then you've got the thinking self and the thinking self just chuck shit at you all day and all you have to do is just simply acknowledge what it's chucking at you and be like yep yeah, thank you mind cheers for that that's not so helpful for me at the moment so i'm not going to attach to it another technique think about your favorite cartoon i've spoken about this on a podcast before and i think people quite liked it it's obviously it's come from the happiness trap but i'm using my own cartoon here so we're thinking about shrek right so i used to make up these elaborate stories in my head about people and them talking about me or them doing stuff behind my back and these thoughts used to plague me sometimes they'll still pop up but i've got the techniques to be able to deal with that now and the technique is essentially making it into a cartoon so for me let's say i think that maybe someone's been mugging me off saying that my podcast is shit saying that I don't know what I'm talking about, what right have I got to be talking about, anything like that, I'm not an authority on this, I haven't got a degree, blah, 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 blah. Basically a bunch of bullshit. In my head, I could just change it to Shrek and Fiona, just sitting there mugging me off, because my I have the power to change what the thoughts are and, and make up a new story. So I sat there and then in my head, oh my God, what are these people, what if they're talking about me, oh no, oh no. And I'm like, oh, actually, no, it's not those people. It's just Shrek. And Shrek's there. And he's like, oh, my God, it's a proper piece of shite. His podcast is shite, eh? Maybe that wasn't Shrek. That was just a Scottish person. I know Shrek is Scottish, um, but that was just me trying to flex some accents. So I hope you get the gist there. Even, like, even if you're in a relationship, if you're, if you're in a relationship and you're insecure and you think that your partner's cheating on you, nah, your partner's not cheating on you. Shrek and Fiona are doing the dirty on you think about that because it's it's a lot easier to think about than your actual partner cheating on you right there's there's a technique to try out just give it a go i know it sounds really really silly but it's worth trying now when you have just sort of general negative thoughts say you are in quite a depressive sort of state and and your general outlook on life is pretty pessimistic you're not feeling positive at all in the book he refers to this as like radio doom and gloom and when you think about the radio if you had the radio on your driving you could listen for an hour and, and you probably wouldn't be able to tell me really what you'd been listening to because it's just on in the background same if you're doing the cleaning or the ironing or whatever chores you do with the radio or even me on in the background 
it's very similar to Radio Doom and Gloom, which is your thoughts that are negative about you just on a loop. But you can distract yourself. You can move past it. You don't have to listen to it. Although you're tuned into it in your head, you don't have to pay too much attention to it. So name your negative thoughts as like doom and gloom. So if you wake up one day and you're feeling super depressed, you're like, oh, radio doom and gloom's on. I best get on my day because it's not going to go off in the background, but I could still have the choice to do what I need to do to move me towards being the person that I want to do. And that's super important, is acknowledging that these things, like what I said about uh, Boris Johnson and Donald Trump kissing, is you can't turn them off. Those thoughts are there. You don't get to control it, but you can control your actions and you can control the behaviour in which you display throughout that day in terms of getting on with things, um, which is obviously super important. Let's say things that you're scared of or things that make you anxious. There's a concept in the book called Demons on the Boat. Now, I know this is a lot of information that I'm chucking at you here, but just bear with me. Demons on the Boat is a story it essentially puts you on a boat in the middle of the ocean. The ocean is where you are currently, but you want to be on the shore. And on the shore is where all your goals are. And it's like a destination of essentially everything that you're working towards that that is on the shore. You need to get there to be able to complete things. And every time you go towards the shore and you steer the ship towards the shore and you're getting closer, these demons, they can't touch you, by the way. They arise from under the decking of the boat and they come and shout at you, tell you you're not good enough, tell you you can't do what you want to do, give you all of these reasons why you shouldn't and can't do what you're set out to do. And the only way that they go away is if you turn the boat back around and you head back out to sea. The important thing is these thoughts, they can't physically hurt you. The whole flight, fright or freeze thing it's not actually like a, a real response. It's it's a choice. It's a choice of stopping. And it, and it seems so difficult at the time. It really, really does. And I've been in so many situations where I've just wanted to just stop and do nothing. But you do have a choice whether you carry on or not. And the closer you get to the shore, the louder those demons will be shouting that bad stuff at you. But they can't physically hurt you. The louder those negative beliefs you had about yourself are going to be ringing true in your ears in your brain, not in your ears, because obviously it's all in your head. But when you're on shore, they're all gone. You're safe. So it's just about acknowledging the fact that when you're moving towards your goals, naturally you're going to have negative thoughts and feelings about yourself, about the situation, and about the direction you're heading in. But they're just thoughts, and they're not going to hurt you. So you just essentially, your responsibility is to carry on going towards shore. And that is the Demons on the Boat story, which is explained far better in the book, if you want to read it. Um, scary images. Let's say you're scared of flying. You're about to get on a plane. You're like, oh my God, this plane is going to crash. This plane is going to crash. It's, you're imagining it in your head. You've got these vivid images of the plane going down. You're having to call everyone and say, oh my God, I'm sorry that I stole a tenner from your wallet when I needed some sweets. All of that shit. You're not going to you're not going to actually ever do because the likelihood of the plane crashing is very, very, very slim. But those scary images, they can still make you feel like shite. And feeling like shite is not the goal. 
so you get to change that the way that you see that image in your head whereas you might see it as if it's a virtual reality change it so it's on a small tv screen and then try and change it so it's a cartoon or change it so it's got subtitles on it they're like oh my god the plane's going down you get to make it up essentially i can't tell you what to do and then you can compress it and you can make it into a 10 second clip and a five second clip and all of these techniques of diffusing the anxious thoughts or the scary thoughts after a while you're like oh i don't actually think like that anymore i'm not actually scared of a plane crashing i'll just get on here and i'll be chilled out and then you have a way better journey so don't forget that you can control the images that are shown in your head it's very much like the cartoon people bitching about you you get to control that and it's all part of the diffusion. So essentially just means that you're not fused with the thought because you appreciate that it's not real. Let's talk about cravings. He talks about cravings in the books essentially as if they're urges because that's what they are. They're an urge to scratch an itch. They're an urge to smoke a cigarette. They're an urge to eat two bags of Maltesers, which is an urge that I get pretty much every day. When it comes up, you don't actually have to give in to the urge. What you're essentially saying when you give in to the urge is, I'd rather do what I don't think is healthy for me than feel uncomfortable not doing it. And it's about the trade-off. So what feelings are you willing to have to get where you need to go or to get where you want to go? So think of an urge like a wave. If you just sat and watched the waves from a cliff top you'd see that it firstly builds up builds up builds up and then it crashes and then after a while it just goes to nothingness especially if it's breaking like out at sea you can just surf that urge until it's stopped and it's not there because after a while it will not be there no urge lasts forever even though it might come up often it's not going to be there all the time so that's an interesting way to have a look at like addictions and stuff like that and it's difficult like breaking addictions hard like i'm just quitting smoking and i haven't smoked tobacco for like maybe two and a half almost three weeks and even though i'll try those like i mean i vape guys which is stupid still but even though i have the nicotine sort of urge and addiction i'm aware of it right and i still have the urge to smoke actual cigarettes but i surf that urge and now i'm being sort of as I've been reading this book I'm much more conscious about the fact that I pretty much always had a vape in my hand and that every time something made me feel uncomfortable I'd reach for it and now I'm really trying to surf the urge and it is very 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 difficult but it is possible so come at me in six months and I probably won't even be vaping so that means my life will probably be a bit longer which is cool because I've got a lot of books to read I feel like I'm going through a lot. My notes here weren't weren't as long as uh, I've been going on for. But uh, I just want to talk about self-esteem and self-acceptance because um, self-esteem is something that I feel like I struggled with, which people would be like, oh my God, that's bullshit. You don't struggle with that. No, no, no. I have a deep-rooted self-belief that whatever I do, I will excel at, but that doesn't mean that every day I feel like that or feel good about myself because being human is part of it that you don't and people sort of go for high self-esteem 
and that's what they aim for they want to build this like unbreakable sort of love of themselves and it, it kind of doesn't work like that your opinion of self of course kind of matters but it is just an opinion which doesn't make it fact which essentially means that it's untrue which kind of means that it's not really that relevant the important thing is self-acceptance and it's the same with all of these thoughts when thoughts come up be that about a situation a thing you're doing or yourself I've said it a few times but it is just a thought and you have to accept the fact that it's there not try and fight it not try and push it down and squash it or wrestle with an alligator like I said earlier it's about being like hell oh hey that's the thought that I'm having today that doesn't matter I'm going to accept myself anyway because as humans we fuck up right we make decisions that we're not proud of we do things that we don't love there are things about us that we don't love about ourselves but the important thing is is that you accept the things that you cannot change and if you really can change them then all you have to do is just point your goals towards changing them in the way that you want to change them so it's a really interesting take on self-esteem and of course as always he does a far better job of explaining it than i do um, but I'm not reading you the audiobook here. I'm just trying to give you a summary that is going to be helpful. Before I sort of round this up, I just want to talk about goals and like values versus goals. And if you're on my email list, you would have seen this um, this story that I said. If you're not on my email list, then there's a link in the description. I think you should sign up, or there's a link in my bio on Instagram. I send an email out essentially as and when I can be bothered um, which hasn't been for a couple of days but last week I sent an email about surfing now I like surfing I'm not any good at it but I really like it and I obviously have a goal at some point to get better and not be shit anymore but the reason I surf is it because it ticks the boxes of some of my values in terms of freedom and like getting better on things and personal development and pursuit of being better that's why I like surfing I like being out in the ocean because I value nature so I went surfing the other day absolutely freezing cold six o'clock in the morning sun was shining nice sunrise golden waters and I didn't catch a single wave for an hour and a half now if my whole sort of the point of me going surfing was to be good at surfing or catch loads of waves I'd have been really upset because I didn't do any of that but I had a great time because I ticked off things that I value being in nature being a bit of freedom in the water a bit of stillness a bit of just laying there I feel like the ocean's vast, right? It's expansive. When you're out there, you feel so small and insignificant. I really like that side of it. That's a That ticks the boxes for me. Whereas if I just wanted to be a good surfer, I'd have had a shit time because I didn't catch anything. And if I'm honest, it was really hard, but it was great. So when you're setting goals, make sure they're more like value-based goals. And the way he says about this in the book is like, if you value traveling, a value-based goal would be like going west. Because no matter how far west you go, you can always go westerer. 
you know i'm not sure if that's a word but you can always go more towards a direction of west no matter how far you go there's good value it's like i'm trying to compare this to a goal but i've forgotten what he says but essentially values are like an ongoing action and that's something that you can fulfill all the time a goal is a dead stop and you won't always reach the dead stop so make sure that your goals are values based and having a look at that like meaningful goals and effective action and and making sure that your values are in line with your goals let's take an area of a life that you want to improve on so you want to improve on your relationship with yourself you want to improve on your understanding of who you are and get yourself a bit of direction so what are like your values in that area in terms of like personal development getting to know yourself like you want to always be learning right you you always want to be learning more about yourself so you got to set yourself an immediate goal so something small and easy that you could do today and that could be as simple as getting a journal out or getting a piece of paper and writing down things that you like about yourself that's a really small and easy thing that you could do and then you set some like short-term goals, like over the next few weeks, what you could do. Okay, you could try your best to turn journaling into a habit so you understand yourself a little bit more, so that you force yourself to write about how you feel about a situation. That that could be something that you explore. So you start really small and it gets gradually bigger. So when you go for like a medium-range goal, like something in a month's time, you're like, right, well, I want to go to therapy. I want to explore with a professional the inner workings of me maybe look back at my teens my childhood or early 20s whichever area of your life feel you feel like has impacted you quite a bit you just want to explore it so that's a medium goal it's like right maybe i'll save up for therapy perfect how do i do that and then it impacts on different parts of your life and this is where it gets good and when you think about like longer term goals right in five years what's my goal in terms of understanding myself you essentially want to be at a place of complete and utter self-acceptance so that any thoughts that come up you're just you're just happy with them so your longer term goal might be like right well i want to go on a 10-day silent retreat i want to save up for that i want to learn meditating in the short term because you can point all of your sort of goals in the, in the same direction that's generally a good idea but right well within five years i want to go on a silent retreat i'm kind of using these as like my goals that i sort of did in the process that i did it so i'm thinking more of the long-term goals now because i feel like i've done the other stuff i journal every day i go to therapy and now i'm thinking right well i'd like to sit for 10 days not speaking to anyone just in my head and learning to really truly accept everything that pops up and that excites me so at some point within the next few years, that's what I'll do. And the important thing about your goals is when they're value driven, there is no end to it. So I'll be reassessing these as, as I go along. Right, so I've set my immediate goal. I've ticked it off. What can I do again today? What can I do for that? And that's where you have to think and you have to put in the work. And I know I said earlier, like it's not sexy that you have to put in the work, but you do. If you want to be a self-aware human being which obviously allows you to give more to your relationship gives more to people give more to yourself 
then you've got to do these things. As long as you start moving, you're on the way. The important bit is starting to move forward because people get stuck and it's so easy to get stuck. Like, oh my God, it's going to be so fucking difficult. Yeah, it probably will be, but as long as you start moving, it gets a little bit easier because you can't do something without doing it, right? And to round this off, there's a brilliant chapter at the end about his journey of writing the book. He said hundreds and hundreds of hours went into writing the book. And when he got given permission to write the book from the guy who sort of founded ACT Therapy, he didn't start writing for four months because he allowed his thoughts, his radio doom and gloom, all his negative thoughts to overpower him. And he was like, what? I am such a hypocrite. So he started implementing everything that he was writing about or wanted to write about. And then all of a sudden he just started writing and it became easier. Of course, it was difficult and these thoughts came up along the way. But I mean, he, he literally wrote the book on it. So he knows the power of thoughts are not as much as you would give them credit for. And I just think it's nice that people acknowledge that everybody's human and it's kind of pretty difficult for everyone to understand themselves and to do these things but it is really really worth it like I've got I've got to a stage now where I feel like I'm really self-aware so the other day some feelings came up for me that I hadn't felt for a little while and I was like right what can I do to action this and like I've got my therapist I think she's great but I was like right I want a different one and I, I signed up to better help when I first got sponsored by them because obviously I wanted to check that they were legit I wanted to make sure that I wasn't recommending a service to people that wasn't any good so i did it for a month and it was great but i did it with a woman now i'm back i wanted to have a male therapist because i wanted to try that out so sunday morning this sunday just gone i went in there i did the sign up literally I'm, i know i'm sponsored by them but it takes minutes and within five hours i got a message from a bloody therapist couldn't believe it it was two days when i did it last time but it was five hours this time which is great and he just asked the questions that I knew I needed to answer myself but wasn't willing to admit. And it's so, so helpful. And if I wasn't so self-aware, I probably would have let these thoughts run away with me. I probably would have potentially ruined things for myself because self-destructive behaviour is so common, especially when like anxious thoughts pop up. You want to just press the big red button that's like, do not press. But like the, the self-awareness, especially like I was reading this book at the time, it's just such a powerful decision to make. And uh, it, it seems like I'm spilling bullshit out to people because I'm sponsored by them. But honestly, it doesn't matter where you get your therapy from to me. I, th I just want people to go to therapy. I feel like it's helped me so much. It would be selfish that I didn't, try and ram it down everyone's throats to go to therapy obviously that helps a really convenient service you pay like 200 odd quid for a month you get four sessions you can speak to on email you can speak to them on video chat you can speak to them on the phone and they'll ask you the questions that you need sometimes you have to invest in yourself and it's like having to put the work in like it's not cool it's not sexy it's no one wants to hear the facts right where well, you're gonna to have to spend 40 50 quid a week on getting yourself better you're like, oh no that's shit it's not think about that think about if i said to you hey um i'm gonna give you 800 quid 
I'm going to change your life forever. And you're like, what? How? Go, right, you're going to go to therapy for four months and you're going to sit with someone for half an hour, 45 minutes and you're going to chat to them about your life and they will set you on the right track. I used to think that would be bullshit and I know it's a difficult thing to do to admit that you want to go to therapy but it is an investment in yourself and like what else are you going to do with that money? Get a couple GNTs. I know a couple GNTs is way cheaper than that but it doesn't help you in the long term and it's that delayed gratification of spending the money now to know that for the rest of your life you're going to think differently which is going to be beneficial for you. Failing that the happiness trap's a good, pretty, pretty good place to start. It's only like eight quid. So, if you're one of the people that thinks like, "Oh, I have these thoughts coming up all the time, and I'm, I'm not friends with these thoughts. They scare me. They're negative. I don't like them." The happiness trap is fucking brilliant, and I absolutely love it. And I recommend everyone to read it. If you are like willing to go a step further, then therapy is like the next step because you'll have someone there to guide you to ask you the questions to make sure you're doing it because this is the second time that i've read this book and even there's some of the exercises i didn't do because naturally as humans we just don't bother with things it's just kind of the way we are but when you have a therapist you kind of feel a bit of pressure too especially because you've got skin in the game because you've bought into it but i want to leave you with something that i haven't done for a long time and it's about philosophy and we're going to go into the philosophy of buddhism you can call it religion but it's more of a philosophy and this is by the buddha and he was around ages ago because there's no path to happiness happiness is the path and that is very true there is no end goal with happiness there is no final destination you just have to make sure that the journey you're going on is enjoyable and you get as much fulfillment out of that as possible and i just want people to live lives where they're accepting of the fact that life isn't always going to be good but it can be a lot better than what it is currently and that is about connecting with the present moment and getting to know yourself so thank you for listening to this episode of a need to read you absolute legends if you want to buy the book it's called the happiness trap by russ harris and it's upon second reading my number one book for mental health and actionable advice if you need anything from me my emails are open that's it i know i'll when i was speaking about better help if you think that's a cool idea and you want to have a look at it further you're ready to commit pull yourself up by your bootstraps and and get chatting to someone then head to betterhelp.com forward slash and need to read and you get 10 percent off your first month but as always, thank you so much for listening. You're absolute legends. Love you, bye.